Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. We're in out from one storm and into another. If you just a flurry of activity going on. Welcome to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for those that voted, for those that you that didn't and it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. Don't say nothing. That's all I got to say. Anyway, um, we're going to do some post-election talk. If you want to join the conversation, you know, put your two, three, four cents, whatever, in worth, the number is 516-387-1944. So back with us from all of that election craziness, my friend Stephanie Dukes, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you. Hello to your listening audience, and we're happy to be with you today. So uh, you're still just because the election is over <laughs> doesn't mean your your busyness is over. I know you're doing some uh, post-election stuff, but anyway, I wanted you to talk first of all. Uh, first of all, um, congratulations for running a wonderful race, um, winning. Uh, that's coming next time. Unfortunately, it didn't happen this time. But you know, the, the people who have made their made their choice, they'll know what they have chosen soon so anyway talk about uh what your thoughts were in terms of how things turned out in general not just your race but in general was it what you expected um what do you think should or should not have happened uh what are your observations basically the first observation we noticed during the early voting time slot that people were not coming out, and that was an issue even for the supervisors of election to the point that they had a special press conference to discuss it and bring it to the public's attention that, you know, this was a right that they should exercise and was encouraging them to come out and vote. That was our first sign of, oops, we're in trouble here. (laughs) So um, I guess I'm wondering why, especially for folks, you know, minorities and women who have had uh, their predecessors, you know, marching and other things for the right, for the privilege, whatever you want to name it, whatever makes you feel good, is because um, 
there is a danger of it being manipulated and possibly, you know, taken away for some people. Why do you think that those particular people did not come out? Well, my friends and I have talked about a couple of reasons. One of them was, you know, the the fear tactics that has been plaguing the, you know, all over, everywhere, not only Florida, but throughout the United States with the threats and attempts on poll workers' lives as well as certain candidates have been targeted. And look what happened to Nancy Pelosi's husband. So people are, are, believe it or not, fearful of vote, of coming out to participate in the process. And then the other reason we looked at and talked about was people have just become comfortable comfortable with the fact that, you know what, my elected official is going to do the right thing, and my life has been pretty good, so, you know, why should I change it up? And they do not realize that there has been a shift in the weather, like we've got it now, you know. Um, It's been a shift, and they don't see the shift enough to know what that same persistence that happened in the 60s to make sure we had the rights to vote, those are the same determination we need now to make sure that our life stays comfortable as we know it today. What were your thoughts on that? Well, I had a conversation, actually a couple of conversations this morning, one with my cousin, who uh, her birthday today, Jeanette, happy birthday. Um, One was with her and one was with my neighbor who was doing some hurricane prep. And there's a sense for us that we've maybe failed our younger generation in terms of getting them to recognize their duty, their privilege, their responsibility. And then also too, maybe in terms of, and, and, you know, those are words that I'm using, but um, in terms of mm-hmm. them being disciplined and more responsible in general, not mm-hmm. just with the voting, but just in general, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I believe that we have gotten, some of us, and I was guilty for a while, you know, mm-hmm. I, learned, I learned early, that we said, I'm not going to be as strict as my parents. You know, I'm not going to do this to my kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but not realizing or, or not really taking into account what why our parents did what they did to exactly. us, if you want to say that, but it's, it was actually for us. Um, exactly. And so, and so as a result, we, we didn't pass along – that their legacy in terms of making responsible citizens. I mean, we, we didn't become responsible citizens on our own, and I don't know how we could have expected our younger people to be responsible citizens on their own. But there's a lot of younger people out there that, you know, and, and I, let me not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not saying all, but there's a lot of younger people out mm-hmm. there that aren't taking up their role, their responsibility in terms of what they're supposed to do to make not only their own lives better, but everybody's life better. It, and, you know, the saddest part of that, Gretchen, is just what you said. They don't even know that they're supposed to. 
yeah. because of that. Uh, our parents did the things and were strict on us to prepare us for our life, to make sure because life, as we all we know, life can be cruel. Life is tough, but it is what you come equipped with that makes life enjoyable, pleasant, uh, loving. But if you're not equipped well to take part in the process that allows that to happen, then you're in trouble. You know, you were talking, and as you were talking, I thought about the fact of, of what how my parents were. You know, when we turned 18, I just was, oh, God, from 17 to 18, I was just waiting to turn 18 so that I can go vote. We make a big deal about turning 18 in our family and going to vote. We actually take them down to get them registered and take pictures. We take pictures. It is a part of the birthday celebration. And we have to make sure that we tell our history because part of that process is explaining to them why it is my grandmother would work all day, come home on election days, take a bath, dress up again in her finest, and she and the other ladies in the community would go vote. I never understood. I was like, well, why would you do that? And finally last, my grandmother explained to me, she said, it is an honor of all of those who died and sacrificed for the right I now go to enjoy. So they dressed up, and it was the men in the community who would come home from work. It was like, no, you don't go sweaty. You don't go. You dress up in your finest to participate in an activity that others, others sweat blood and die for us to enjoy. And I always remember that and I always try to dress appropriately. How we dress these days is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> I can have a whole <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I was gonna say don't get me started. Yeah. Uh um so now in terms of the outcome I have, mm-hmm. I have, like I guess concerns. Um, mm-hmm. I think there, I, there's a lot of. I, I, I know there's always, I guess, a hidden agenda in one way, shape, or form. But I get the impression there's like some serious, um, hateful, um, hidden agendas mm-hmm. that are, are being are, are being, I guess. Uh, manifested through the election outcome. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I just uh, am concerned, and I'm concerned that if we're not careful, that there are you know, rights, privileges, what, like I said, whatever you want to call them. For some, you know, it's mm-hmm. rights. For some, it's privileges, which that shouldn't be the same. It should be the same across the board. But I, I have a fear that uh, the fight for some of these is, is going to start all over again, you know, oh, and yeah. I, and it's like, why, you know, why, why should we, we at this point be wasting time fighting old battles? 
because there are yes. new ones that still need to be fought. But if we're wasting time, and it's not necessarily wasted if we need to accomplish something, but I feel like there are some things that should be, we should have fought the fought, it should have been done, um, and we should be moving on to the next thing. However, <laughs> however, uh, the, apparently, you know, these, I guess we win battles and not necessarily win wars. I mean, I even, when when I was talking, I even thought about, well, how can I, um, uh, I guess, talk about fights being needing to be fought and won and moving on to something else when all, through all of these ages of time, we're still oh, fighting the fight with regards to Christianity. Oh. You know, that... <laughs> That's, I mean, some when you compare to, uh, you know, to the saving of souls and everything like that, uh, you know, some of these are are relatively mis- minuscule in comparison. You know, they just aren't as weighty. But you know, we we do. We still seem to kind of repeat things over and, and over, uh, thinking that we've won, mm-hmm. and then the 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 winning kind of just gradually like sand just kind of slips through our fingers and then we start back over again. That's it. That's it. We start right back over again because we do not continue to tell the story of the history of our ancestors so that the importance is there. We may be, there are very few, very few um, ethnic groups who do not tell their story, teach it themselves to their children, and make it a rite of passage to understand um, the trials and tribulations that they have gone through because of the structure of government whether it was the structure of a king laying out the rules or the structure as we know it today with our democracy, the way we have it established here in the United States, you know, it makes a difference. So one of the, one of the things that has me concerned as well is it, it, the ability, it seems, to practically buy an election in some cases. Yeah. And you know mm-hmm. who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to even mention the name. Love them. But, but, I mean, you know, it, because, and you have people with these resources that are basically taking advantage of people who are not paying attention, who are not mm-hmm. being astute when it comes to who they're voting for. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I see a lot of their signs out there. You know, they must, you know, they must have a lot of support. You know, maybe I should be supporting them too. So I'm going to, you know, because I see a lot of what, you know, what they have to, to uh, well, to show, not offer, but what they have to show. I'm, that's who I'm going to vote for. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's not it. <laughs> it's not right. No, it's not. No, it's not, because if you aren't pulling the, uh, candidate financial disclosure statement that comes out uh, the beginning and during the primary season is monthly and after when we get into the general it's every two weeks and then you know into the home stretch 
it's a little more often. But if you are not looking at that to see, like I heard you say, the contributors, you say, oh, they must have a lot of contributors to supporters. But you look and see where the majority of their money is coming from, whether it's coming through a PAC, whether or not they're funding it themselves. Because uh, there are candidates who can afford to to fund the race. Uh, I've actually mm-hmm. heard candidates say that they were not going to ask anything of the public, that they were using their own money to fund their race because they could, and mm-hmm. that was their contribution to society because they had been blessed like that. So, you know, when we see thousands and thousands of of signs at at a polling place for one person who will dominate the landscape, you know, it begs for us to ask just what Mm -hmm. you said. Hmm, who's really supporting them or how many supporters do they have that... Mm -hmm. They can have that many signs plastered over every polling place in their district. Okay, so those those are the red flags. Some people see them like you say, oh, maybe I should support them. But those are the things that we see that red flags should go up and then make us look at that person a whole lot closer. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that if you have the money, you don't spend it, but um, – there may, I, I think maybe there should be some rules in place that kind of levels the playing field that says, okay, you can have no more than four signs, let's say, at a location, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And but and then the ones that that can only afford one, fine, they have their one sign. But for the ones that can afford twenty, let them just have their four signs. Okay. You know, Let's, they, is the, the playing field. Is, need, go mm-hmm. ahead. That seems like it should be a a deal that we should put together and see if we can get some support for through the legislation. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, because I just think that, and I mean, the I don't know. That's a whole other topic. But I, I mean, I was kind of overwhelmed with some of the signs. There were a lot of signs out there. And, you know, I mean, I basically all made all – that's one of the things I think I do like about early voting is, like, I sit down with my ballot, with my computer, and I look up stuff, and I make my decision, and it's not, oh, that's a pretty sign, uh, or, <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. That's not how I make my decision. Um, and I, I think that – but, you're, like, you're right. There should be maybe an examination of, you know, campaigning and maybe something that – makes the playing field a little more level for those that, you know, don't have the resources as some as, you know, that can get daddy's money. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so uh, or, or anyway. You have a, a good number of millionaires around here with their own money. Uh, uh-huh. that You know, I have enough of it to fund my own race, and I can fund uh-huh. it at, you know, I can fund a million dollars into my race because, hey, I've got 10. So, well, hey, I'm going to blow up, mm-hmm. you know, a million of it anyway. So but let me put it in the race. The thing. Why not? Okay. Why put it in the race, though? I I would rather see you put it somewhere else instead of putting it in a race. Put it in a charity. Put it in, if, if for example, let's say your cause is, is, that you're running on is 
about climate change or whatever. Take some of mm-hmm. those funds and put it in an organization that is doing uh, things in terms of bringing attention to climate change or to climate change research or, or whatever it is, or e- even environmental mm-hmm. issues. You know, if there's a cleanup campaign to clean up, you know, the shorelines or something like that. Put your money mm-hmm. there. Don't put it in the campaign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, if you have the money, that's all well and good. But the campaign should be about, you know, what you're going to bring to the table as a legislator or as a governor or whatever the office is that you're going to hold. You know, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be about what, you know, how much money you got to look good on the way to the to that particular office. Now, the key thing you said there was <laughs> what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to realize that those who decide not to support a charity but to put that kind of money, and I won't say they're not supporting a charity. They may support a charity, but they decide right. that is going into a race, okay, and not mm-hmm. to a charity. You have to realize the ego of that type of a person, that they are feeling a, a, a void or a part of their personality, who they are, and that is what they are bringing to the table. They just told you who they are. Maya Angelou, believe them when they tell you who they are the first time, okay? Mm. They are telling you what they're bringing to the table, all right? And they are telling you with what they are bringing to the table the special interest that's involved with it. Because I don't have to fundraise, I don't represent a certain group. I can mm-hmm. represent those of us who are out here with, with you know, different type of personality, ideas, thoughts. That's who I represent or, or want to represent. You know, we have to look at when who who their friends and family is, what type of things have they done? Maybe they may not have decided to take this million and put it in the charity, but are they doing charities of any kind? And mm-hmm. if so, what are they? It does take a like when you said you take your computer and you sit down and you 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 know begin to look deeper at the candidates, and that is mm-hmm. that is very very important. Okay. And then the other thing I would say, I know everybody doesn't necessarily have, well, number one, not everybody has a computer. Number one, and number two, everybody doesn't have time. But if you are, let's say, part of an organization, part of a sorority or a fraternity or a trade organization, uh, a civic group, something, or even if you just get a bunch of neighbors together and say, hey, you know, we, you know, we want to look into the, the candidates that are representing our neighborhood, so why don't you look into this candidate? Why don't you look into that candidate? And, and uh, you know, we get together and meet up and say, okay, this is what I found out. And, you know, and then you, you all go your separate ways and vote. You know, this is not a matter of, you, you know, someone telling you how to vote. This is a matter of information gathering so that you can make your own decisions, you know, as an individual human being. You know, I mean, there there are ways to do it. And, uh, you know, so... I get. I mean, if you don't have time to do it, get help doing it. Exactly. But, and you know, yeah. those are are the discussions and why we have different organizations like the Orlando Central Editorial Board, 
who mm-hmm. actually, you know, interview candidates, ask them the hard questions, and right. look for the responses. Uh, so those are the things that we we should we should do and pay more attention to, as well as hold our own discussion groups with our friends. It was like, hey, what what did you think? Of- mm-hmm. Yeah, because we talk about everything else under the sun. We talk about a whole bunch of frivolous stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, maybe take some time and say, okay, you know, let's have a serious conversation for a minute about X, uh-huh. Y, and Z. You know, um, you know you're know, you having issues with, with your homeowners. Ins- let's just say homeowners insurance. You're having issues mm-hmm. with your – who's your insurance company? Why do you stay with them? What's the benefit? What would you like to see improved? Um, you know, have you had an issue? You know, and, and just say, hey, okay, let's, you know, let's talk about what we would like to see uh, improved with regards to our insurance companies. You know, and then take it and say, hey, you know, our neighbors uh, have, or our friends or our family has had a discussion, you know, um, and send a, a letter to your representative and say, hey, you know, these are our concerns. How can you help us with this? Or, or if they're running, how, what would you propose that would make this situation better? That gives you a little bit of insight in ter- terms of the candidate because, number one, the first thing you're going to judge them by is whether or not they actually respond in some way, shape, or form, whether it's them directly or maybe it's a representative from their office. You know, uh, So number one, do they respond? Then you can go on to how they respond. You know, But uh, there's just, we, we, we have, as the public, have to do a better job in terms of uh, holding people accountable. Um, if someone was taking money out of your bank account, you'd be on the phone with the bank or the bill collector or whoever else immediately, you know. So just because this is not a monetary investment doesn't mean uh, it's not important. Anyway, if you want to join the conversation, by the way, the number is 516-387-1944. That's 516-387-1944. I'm here with my friend Stephanie Dukes, and we're doing a little, um, I guess, post-election uh, analogy <laughs> and inventing and whatever else. So um, anyway, I'm going to go ahead. We're going to take a quick break, and we're here, like I said, with Stephanie, and you can join the conversation when we come back. These Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. 
Hi, welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are here with Stephanie Dukes. The number is 516-387-1944. If you'd like to join the conversation, we are just kind of going over the election, sort of. Um, I'm just concerned about some of the rhetoric that I hear um, that I heard before the election and that I seem to continue to hear um, about saving our country um, as, as if there's something really wrong with our country. Um, and we are, you know, we, we are a nation of individuals that are flawed. And so we have a flawed country. However, I, I saw signs as I was going around that said, um, save our country. Vote straight Republican, you know. And my thing is this, is every Republican that was on the ballot or every Democrat that was on the ballot, um, just because they're a part of that particular party, the, the right person for the job. I think we have to get away from putting people in categories and looking at people as individuals and what their capabilities are uh, in terms of carrying out the job. Because you have some people in my belief that align themselves with a party because they think they're going to be perceived a certain way. And they may not be that type of person. You know, I align myself, let's say with, with a Republican because, you know, I think that the, you know, I, I want to be perceived as a conservative person, but and but if your ideals are not that way, then then you're not going to be able to do what is expected of you when people vote for you as a Republican. Same with Democrat. And there's some people out there that are running in other um, non-major parties that have things to contribute. And that are just plain being overlooked because they're not associated with a major party. Mm-hmm. That's my concern. I, you know, the thing is with when we're sending our message out, we want to always create a sense of urgency um, that there is something of great importance for you to take and pay attention to. And um, our fellows, like a guy had in a shirt on yesterday that said, vote red, vote red. It didn't say vote quality. It did not say vote uh, your needs. It talked about, like what you just said, save America. What does that mean? They are absolutely right. We need to save it because look at what they're doing with it. But they have taken the message and they have put it out there, and no one's asking the question, why and what is it that is, what are we saving? Why are we saving it? Uh, Why do you feel that we we even need to have such a philosophy? That type of conversation we are not having. We aren't having that conversation. You know, you and I, we have that conversation. But the majority of America, Floridians, are not having the conversation. We aren't challenging our leaders to be leaders. We allow them to tell us 
what is right for us, and it should be the opposite way. We should always be telling them, this is what we need in our community, and if you do not produce it, you we will find ourselves another candidate. I love that line in the uh, the movie of the American President, you know, where she she walks in there, she's mad mad as heck with him, and she tells him that those same lines, you know, we will find ourselves another candidate. And that is essentially what we have to take our power back and do as voters. For sure, we we do. That that is what you said is crucial. I think we forget where the power lies. You know, we just I think readily give it away because it's just easy to say, "Here, you do it." I don't want to think about it. You know, I don't want to have to worry about it. You know, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say, "Okay, it's for you to handle this for me." Mm-hmm. And, and as a result, you know, we we tend to kind of lose ourselves, you know, we and we end up wondering, well, what happened? Why did this happen this way? It's because you or we, whatever, didn't step up and mm-hmm. say, I like this, but I don't like that. This mm-hmm. could be better or, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. People are, well, people are afraid, like you were saying, you know, part of it is because, they're afraid of backlash. Mm-hmm. No one wants to be told. No one wants to be told you're wrong or you're stupid or you're whatever. But the thing about it is, someone can tell you you're wrong or stupid or whatever, but that doesn't mean that they are right about you. Exactly. So if you say, if you say, I don't like this whatever. Because it does not suit me. It does not, it, I don't think it serves my best interest. And someone tells you you're wrong, who are they to tell you that you're wrong? They don't know your situation. They don't live your life. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's and so, when you challenge so that. you, We have to learn, you know. like my parents have always taught us, you know, just because someone said it, it doesn't mean it's so. You back it up mm-hmm. with facts. You back it up with solidness. What, why do you think like that? My father would always ask the questions, why are mm-hmm. you thinking like that? Um, what does that mean? And he would challenge us to think out of the box, to back mm-hmm. up what you were saying. Don't let words come out of your mouth and you, you have no facts mm-hmm. to support it. Mm-hmm. Okay? And mm-hmm. we had a set of, uh, I don't know if you remember them, the Britannica Encyclopedia, uh-huh. Encyclopedia or the Britannica. World Book Encyclopedias. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. we have a set of that in our home. Several mm-hmm. sets, as a matter of fact, uh, which one of the sets I have now at my home. So we would they're have called to antiques really... now. <laughs> Say that again. I said they're called antiques now. Ah, you know I love antiques, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but we would have to go to the book and look that kind of stuff up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that was extremely, you know, we taught us how to think outside the box, and that was most mm-hmm. necessary. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's one of the things too is that our folks made us go and 
get the information and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had to validate it with them. These days, you tell a, a, a child to go look it up, and they don't even, they have the computer which has a, a ton more information than we ever had. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to go look up anything. They want everything see, told to them. They want see, everything that's handed the parent has to them. To push. Our parents mm-hmm. didn't allow us. Well, we they, we were able to say, "I don't want to," and you know, you may not <laughs> want to. My but house. You were going. You were going to by the time <laughs> the conversation was over. The conversation mm-hmm. didn't just stop with "I don't wanna." You know, it's no, like, no. okay, why don't you want to do this? And if you could not substantiate your reasoning, uh huh, you 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 you're doing it. Okay. Oh well, no, there was it's no not conversation. <laughs> there was no conversation in my house. It was like okay. there was law. There was the rule of law. <laughs> you know, you were told you went and did that. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And you didn't mouth off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you wanted to keep your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so And you yeah. know, as a parent we have to realize that is why we are called parents. Not your friend. I'm not your companion, but I am your parent. It is my job to prepare you for the world that you are going to have to live in, the world that we are expecting you to become a contributing member of society. But as a parent, if I'm so busy trying to be your friend or trying to be your companion, you know, no, uh-uh. You, you got your roles mixed up. And that brings us back again to the government, our structure of government, where we turn around and say, you know, you have rights, but you have rights based on situations. Okay. Uh, so don't don't get me started. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm gonna get started on one right now. I, I've got to address this while while I, I have an opportunity. Okay, let's talk about this whole, uh, I don't know what to call it, obsession with being woke. Okay. Mm. I just plain want to go back to, uh, um, not just that, because I want to I just go back to playing grammar school. Okay, if you want to call it that. Okay. Uh, woke. Um, awakened, um, and you know, first of all, we we have misused that whole. Um, uh, I don't. I'm my my. I'm losing what I want to say in terms of calling it, but you know, they don't even use the proper conjecture conjecture of the word. You know, um, do you understand what I'm saying? For example. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, the word woke, awaken, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I want to go back to the word woke. Mm-hmm. People are talking about quote unquote woke culture, and I don't know where that came, that terminology came from. But as, but I want to talk, say that they say the word woke as if it is a bad thing, and and so mm-hmm. you get automatically put into a category because they say you are a part of the woke 
culture. Let's be clear. Let's go back to the origins of the word woke and awakened and wake and everything. It's about being, you know, aware, alert, um, observant, okay, that, in, in my opinion. And so mm-hmm. when you start trying to make these, you know, give certain connotations to words, you take them sometimes away from their original meaning uh, by your attempt to make it negative. Mm-hmm. You know? That's true. Okay. You got you you when you start hearing this or you or people start trying to categorize you in this way, try to ask them what do they really mean mm-hmm. when they say that you're a part of woke culture. What does that really mean? Do they know what it means? Or are they just using a phrase they heard some way where, and they're manipulating it? Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, the thing about it, and it's like we've had different, I guess, slangs and, and different things that we've had, you know, in our culture and that we've taken from different cultures and what, whatever. We know that at one point in time, bad did not necessarily mean something that was awful. You know, we know that bad in some cultures meant that that was really stylish and hip and all that type of stuff. Okay. So we, you know, you've got to look at the word, how it's being used, if the person who is using it knows what they're saying when they say it. And if, you know, when they use it with regard to you, how, you know, how do they know what they're saying with regards to you? Okay. Uh-huh. But this whole thing with woke bothers me. You know, well, <laughs> if, if, I'm, I'm about if I'm woke, I don't have a problem being woke. I don't have a problem being aware and attentive and knowing what's going on in my surroundings. And I don't have a problem disagreeing with you if I feel that you're wrong and a detriment to me. So if I, if that means that I'm woke, then let me be woke. I'd rather be woke than sleepwalking through and life a lot of and just coasting. Huh? I said, and that's what a lot of people are doing. It's almost like, you know, where there are keywords we saw on TV where they use keywords to hypnotize people. And if I mm-hmm. say certain words, you do certain things. That's almost what this is like. You know, if I say the word woke, then you react negatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's what it made me think of. Yeah. We really mm-hmm. got to get to a point where we've got to stop letting other people define us. We've got to make, we got to, you know, we got to let people, other people, stop letting other people define us as individuals, as cultures. You know, as nationalities and races and everything like that, we've got to let other people stop defining us. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a workshop with my um, brokerage, um, and it, uh, basically it's called Success Saturday. I do it on the second Saturday of each month with my brokerage. And my purpose is not to talk about success in real estate in the traditional way in terms of um, if you do X, this is going to help you make Y amount of dollars, this is going to help you sell X amount of houses or whatever. 
But what I try to do is to get people to understand what, you know, what their success means in terms of them. If you're single, what does the success mean? Because it may mean something different to you in terms of success versus a family, you know. Uh, what type of agent do you want to be? Do you want to be, you know, uh, does, is, is your success defined in terms of selling um, 100 houses in a year, 10 houses in a year? You have got to define it for yourself. But you have to have the knowledge to define it. And so what I try to do is to help uh, the agents be a little bit more not just knowledgeable in terms of book knowledge, but for example, our location is in Apopka. How can you sell a house in Apopka to someone, let's say, just coming into the state for the first time and everything, if you don't know Apopka? And you may not know everything, but you've got to, you've got to be knowledgeable. The same thing goes for when we're making decisions about the people that are going to make decisions about us, the the judge is going to make a decision about our case, the legislator that's going to make a decision about a bill that impacts us, the governor who's going to make a decision about, let's say right now, the hurricane that's coming. We have to have enough knowledge to make decisions to make sure that we have the right people in those situations representing us and serving our best interest. That's our power. And if we don't empower ourselves with knowledge, we can't help, you know, we can't make proper decisions, you know. That is correct. I agree with that. Uh, knowledge, knowledge is powerful. That's why you find the last, set, last legislative session that a lot of education bills that pass limited the amount of knowledge one can seek, one can receive through the public education system when we should be constantly encouraging uh, thinking out of the box, critical thinking skills. These are the things that make us great, okay? When we have, we develop thinkers, who are very outstanding at creating new inventions, new procedures. Uh, there was a guy that came from my town who even learned how to do math in his head. He could come up with the answer that the professor was asking, but he did it a different way, so the professor wanted to, you know, mark him wrong. And because his parents challenged the teacher, the teacher got in contact with the University of Florida Department, and they, and you know, did this research on how he came up with it, and it was a new formula. It became a new formula, and we see, you know, the accreditation of this way, doing it this way is acceptable, okay? So... This is what we want in America. When we talk about save America, save America how? From what? You know, from not allowing people to think critically? Yeah, you better save America because right now 
the way we're headed, if you looked at that at the uh, electoral, uh, the election results from last night, and you mm-hmm. look at that, and, you know, based on the race, there are no more than about four of blue counties that existed uh, mm-hmm. for yeah. the attorney general on carried only four blue counties. The governor's yeah. race carried only four blue counties. You know, that that's something else. The house race carried only two large well take it back. Two large counties and a slither of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight small counties that won't even make up one large county. You know, we need to seriously look at what what is happening and the theme should. And then when we look at Deming's race, again, four blue counties. What is happening that our map isn't balanced? Our map should be balanced because you know, it's not all about who's red. All red, people with the red philosophy are not the only ones living in America. America was created as a melting pot. So we have the different personalities, we have the different ethics groups, and this map does not properly reflect that. I just, I want to say one thing, and then I want to uh, take a quick break. Um, now, I want to ask people... Why do you vote for certain people? And how much do your biases come into play? Do you mm. vote for somebody because they look like you? Do you vote for somebody because they talk like you? Do you mm-hmm. vote for somebody because they live in your neighborhood? Or mm-hmm. what do you actually know about the person that you're voting for? You know, uh, that's what we have to ask because I'm, I am very certain that there are quite a few people out there that voted for somebody because they looked like them or they talked like them or they lived in their neighborhood, um, but not they didn't vote for that person in terms of how they dealt with certain issues, how they dealt with voting rights, how they dealt with climate, how they dealt with the economy, you know, um, you know, so how, why are you voting for, or, you know, did you vote for the person because you like their sign or you like their commercial or did you not vote for them because you didn't like their commercial? Cause I, I have heard a couple of complaints about one candidate's commercial. And the, the thing is the candidate themselves is not a bad person. We, I, and I have to talk about something else too, when we come back, but we're here with Stephanie Deuce. We're talking a little post-election talk. And if you have, Something that you want to comment on, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. 
That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson & Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Um, if you want to comment, the number is 516-387-1944. We've got a few minutes left. Also, if you have an issue that um, you want to have discussed on G's Power Hour, uh, hit me up on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. Um, I, I have I have a couple of concerns. There is – in – in addition to all of the just general divisiveness of having two major parties and general divisiveness when it comes to uh, race and culture and all that kind of stuff, I am concerned that ageism is rearing its ugly head. I, I It's come up in a couple of conversations. It's come up uh, just with how certain things have been conducted in this um, election season, and I am just really concerned that that's a whole other division that we don't need and that people need to be talking to each other about their, you know, what the concerns are. Old people have been young before, and young people will get old. That's, that's the bottom line. Can't do anything about that. So because of that, though, there needs to be a discussion between the different generations to find out how they can come together on common ground. I think that's one gap that can be bridged pretty easily with with people if they would just sit down and talk to each other about their experiences. And, yes, we know that being young now is different than it was, you know, 20 years ago. But that's fine. That that if, if there are new issues, those need to be related to older generations, you know, and vice versa. So I I, I have a big concern about that. What are your thoughts? I oh, it goes back to that thing again of parents preparing the their children of this generation, this upcoming generation. Preparing them for the challenges, preparing them for their roles, to preparing them so we can have those conversations. You know, you talked about earlier that in your household there there was no discussion. You just did it. Uh, In our household, there was those things that you knew when my mother gave or dad gave you a look. You know, this is not debatable. Okay, move. Uh, because those are the things that were, if you don't move now and do what I ask you now, it could cost you your life. That's like when you tell a kid, stop, and they ask you, why should they stop, and they keep going. Next thing you know, they're hit by a car that they did not see, you know, out of their peripheral view. So, But they did not depend upon that voice that said, stop, do what they say immediately. So it would save your life. But we had those discussions that things were debatable. And if you could, you know, prove your point for why you felt to support your position, then they, you could, we could deal with you. You know, my parents were like, okay, you know what, that sounds pretty good. But those are the things that we have to 
do to have that conversation you're talking about, where the young can talk to the old and the older of us can talk to the young ones and share that experience. Because, you know, there's actually a Bible verse that talks about uh, the relationship between the old and the young. So those are the things that I agree that we should be doing, but to get there, we have to prepare our children to be the adults like you and I are discussing at this moment. And then let me be clear, um, <laughs> because you knew my mom. My, yeah, my mom and I, we, we had discussions and stuff like that, but it, it was it was her house, and so in, in her house she was like Judge Dredd. She was the law. But, yeah, we, we were able to talk. In fact, I always had – um, other people that say, yeah, your folks, y'all are like best friends. It's like, yeah, that's cool, but I, I know that ain't the truth because my mom always told me she was my mom and not my friend, which it hurt my feelings when she first said it, but mm-hmm. I understood it. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. So, yes, anyway. Not- <laughs> so, when a lesson is behind, um, real quick, what lesson should we be learning? Because we got another one coming up, and, and, and it won't be two years before we got to start thinking about it again. We'll, we'll start thinking about this pretty soon. Um, the key word, I think, word that I believe is get engaged. We have got to figure out how to get those engaged and keep them engaged in this type of conversation to be able to know, be able to figure out the bridge between their daily living and the elections and what happens in our legislative session, be it Congress, be it the state, be it their weekly or biweekly meetings of their city council. We've got to bridge the gap. So get engaged is what I would say. Get engaged and get them engaged. If you are not seeing the person you voted for in your neighborhood between now and the next time they're up for election, that's a problem. Okay. They need to be, even if it's just once, because there's a lot of neighborhoods out there. (laughs) But they need to be in your neighborhood. They need to be talking to somebody, your your HOA um, leadership, uh, your community mm-hmm. leadership, something, your organization leadership. You mm-hmm. need to get them engaged with you. So you have to get engaged, but you have to get them engaged with you as well. Stephanie, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me today. And thank you all for listening. God willing, talk to you all tomorrow. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care.